Well, good evening. How's everybody doing? Amen. Let's give it up for the choir, your music ministry. Amen. Great job. Amen. Brother Mark, Brother Andrew, and some of the most gifted musicians I've, I've heard. Man, you guys are phenomenal. Brother, you're on the piano. You're making that piano sing, man. I tell you, that was awesome, man. And brother, this brother go from the drum to the guitar, from the guitar to the drum. I said, man, all these guys are multi-talented, man, and just great, great, great job. It's a joy given to be this to God, my Father, Jesus Christ, who is the Lord and Savior of my life. To your pastor, my brother beloved, Pastor Kelly, thank you, sir, for this tremendous privilege of being back here at Kempsville Baptist Churches. I look forward to this time in the month of August to be a part of these wonderful Monday night services in the month of August. Uh, and I'll tell you, last week I was wondering if the pulpit was still standing after Brother Herb last week. That's a... What a preaching machine he is, Sharon. I tell you, what a pre, amen, amen. What a preaching machine. Herb Revers is uh, one of the few preachers that when he preaches, I get tired. Amen. Just, uh, he just wears you out. And you have a good lineup at the Rock next uh, week and then I, even after that. So we look forward to a great, great time here. Don't miss one Monday night. Don't miss one Monday night. It's going to be good. I, I've always told uh, Pastor Kelly, I'm always amazed of the lineup of preachers that he's able to get each and every year here at uh, Kempsville. I know a lot of preachers are really busy, but he's uh, had some of the best of the best uh, here at uh, Kempsville. I'm just honored uh, to be a part of the league that many of those guys are in. Thank you, Pastor, for this wonderful privilege and opportunity to be here tonight. I'm indeed, I'm, I'm, I'm left a, a button popped off earlier uh, when I was telling Pastor about my new granddaughter. Amen. I, <laughs> Uh, this past Saturday, my son and daughter-in-law blessed my wife and I with our second grandchild, uh, Zoe Grace, amen, was born on, uh, amen, oh, born on uh, this past Saturday, eight pounds, and she was born on 8-8, August the 8th, and so uh, we're so excited about that. Uh, I got the picture from her, and I was telling her she has uh, her mom's hair, got her dad's nose, but she already looks like her grandpa, amen, and so... <laughs> That's the most important thing, amen, and so we're just so excited about that and excited about what God uh, has done and will continue to do in our hearts and our lives. Well, if you have your Bibles with you tonight, turn to Matthew chapter 26. The gospel is saying Matthew chapter 26. Uh, Andrew kind of referred uh, to this uh, text tonight as I will share it in the Word of God. Matthew chapter 26. What do you do when you have dilemmas in your life? What do you do when you have situations in your life? You've got to make some choices. You've got to make some decisions and uh, just don't know what decision to make. Don't know which choice to make. Well, you wasn't, you are not the only one who ever faced, but Lovelace, Lovelace, those dilemmas in your life. It's uh, even Jesus Christ, uh, while he was here on earth, faced a similar dilemma, which I want to talk about tonight from Matthew chapter 26. But again, I want you to look at with me verses 36 through 46 of that chapter. Matthew chapter 26, verses 36 through 46 of that chapter. If you have it, please say amen. amen. As a matter of fact, y'all can say amen all throughout my sermon. I'm kind of used to it, y'all. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Amen. Matthew, amen. Matthew 26, beginning at verse 36, you'll find these similar words. Then Jesus came with them to a place called... Gethsemane. And he said to the disciples, sit here while I go and pray over there. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and he began to be sorrow and deeply distressed. 
Then he said to them, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to death. Stay here and watch with me. He went a little farther and fell on his face and prayed, saying, oh, my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Verse 40, then he came to the disciples and found them sleeping and said to Peter, what? Could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, a second time he went away and prayed, saying, Oh, my father, if this cup cannot pass away from me unless I drink it, your will be done. He came and found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. Verse 44, so he left them, went away again and prayed the third time, saying the same words. Then he came to his disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is being betrayed until the hands of sin arise. Get up. Let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. Our Father and our God, Master, we thank you and we praise you for this wonderful and exciting privilege to be back here at Kentville Baptist Church as a part of these marvelous Mondays in August. Thank you, Lord, for Pastor Kelly. Thank you for his friendship and his invitation to me to be a part of this wonderful lineup. Pray your blessing on him and his wife, God, and his family. Thank you, Lord, for this choir. Thank you, Brother Mark, Brother Andrew, and uh, the sopranos, the altos, the tenors, the bass. Thank you for these gifted musicians. Thank you for the members of Kemsville Baptist Church and all of the guests who are assembled here on tonight. Now, God, do as I ask every time I stand to preach. That is, God, let me decrease as you increase. Father, let them not see Fred. But God, let them see Christ. So then, God, that you may be glorified, the saints of God may be edified, Satan may be horrified, and lost sinners will come to repentance. Therefore, God, stand in my body, think with my mind, speak with my voice. Now, I'll be so very careful to give your name all the praise, all the glory, and all the honor. In Jesus' name we pray, and for us say, again, that the people of God say, Amen. And the Bible said, he said it with, uh, again the second time, verse 42. Oh, my father, if this cup cannot pass away from me unless I drink it, your will be done. With that text in mind, with this scripture in mind, with this occasion in mind, I want to preach tonight from the subject, what to do when you don't know what to do. What to do when you don't know what to do. Ladies and gentlemen, all of us have been there at one time or another. All of us have been there quiet at some point in our life. Maybe as a kid, maybe as a teenager, maybe as a young adult, or maybe as an adult, maybe as a senior soldier. But I assure you, ladies and gentlemen, I assure you, all of us have been there at one time or another. Maybe in elementary school, maybe in middle school, maybe in high school, maybe in a trade school, maybe in college. However, I assure you at one time or another, but Kelly, we all have been there as a single person. As a married person, as a divorced person, as a widow person. However, I assure you, all of us have been there at one time or another. Maybe as an employee, maybe as an employer. But I assure you at one time, Sharon, at one time, Mark, all of us have been there at one time or another. And the place, ladies and gentlemen, that all of us have been are those times in your life. Uh, brothers and sisters in the choir, those times in your life when, when you need to make a decision. Those times in your life when you need to make a choice. Those times in your life when you have to do something, but you really don't know what to do. 
You must make a choice. Can you must make a decision? Can you, you can't stay neutral. You can't stay pat, uh, pastor. You can't stay on the sidelines. You can't straddle the fence. You must make a choice. You must make a decision. And therein, Kim's realized the problem. Therein, brothers and sisters, lies the dilemma. Therein lies the predicament. And Andrew, therein lies the situation. You were faced with a choice. You're faced with a decision. But for the life of you, you don't know which choice to make. You know you got to make a decision. You got to choose one or the other, choose one of this or one of that. You don't know what to do, but you got to do something. And the reason why it's important, the reason why this is so critical, the reason why this is so uh, crucial is because every choice that you make, every decision that you make will lead to a consequence. That, that's why decisions are so important. That's why choices are so important. Because every decision you make, every choice that any of us make in life, no matter what it is, how trivial or how minor you think it is, uh, every decision leads to a consequence. It will lead to a result. And that result can either be good or it can be bad. Every choice you make, every decision you make will lead to a consequence, will lead to a result. And that consequence, that result can either be a blessing uh, or it can be a burden. I think I told you uh, when I was here several years ago about this little kid who would go to this barber shop and uh, once a week he would go to this barber shop and every time he would go to this barber shop, this barber would see him coming into the barber shop and he was telling the guy whose hair he was cutting. Say, man, see the little kids about to come into the yeah. Say, that's the dumbest kid in the world. So what do you mean? Say, just watch. Say, every time he comes in here, that I, I give him choice, I give him an option. And he always makes to me a dumb choice. So a little kid came into the barber shop and the little kid said, hey, Mr. Barber, how you doing? Say, fine. Uh, say, how you doing, sir? And to the man whose hair he was cutting, say, fine. And the barber put, 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 put out his hand and he put a dollar bill in one hand and 50 cents in the other hand. And he said, little kid, which one do you want, a dollar bill? Or and without, without fail, the kid snatched the 50 cent and ran out of the barber shop. The barber looked at the guy whose hair was cut and said, I told you, that is the dumbest kid in the world. That kid coming to the barber shop once a week, sometimes even twice a week. And every time he comes into the barber shop, I put a dollar bill in one hand and two quarters in the other hand. And without fail, Sister Burris, every time he takes the two quarters, that is the dumbest kid I've ever met in my life. So the guy that left the body for a little while and the guy finished getting his hair cut, he goes outside. And Brother Kelly, he watches, he sees the little kid coming from across the street licking Mark on an ice cream cone. He said, kid, come here. I said, yes, sir. I say, I just saw you in the barber. I said, yes, I saw you getting your hair cut. And he said, look here, the barber tells me that you come into this barber shop once a week, sometimes even twice a week. Said, yes, sir, that's true. And look here, the barber tells me when you come into the barber shop, he puts a dollar bill in one hand and two quarters in the other hand. I said, yes, that's true. And say, son, the barber tells me without fail every time that you come into the barber shop and he gives you that charge, he gives you that decision. He says, you always take the two quarters. I said, yes, sir, licking on his ice cream cone. He said, yeah, man. Don't you realize that a dollar bill is more than two quarters? He looked here, looked up at the man, looked on his ice cream, called one more time. He said, sir, the day I take the dollar, the game is over. <laughs> that kid wasn't as dumb as he thought he was because he liked ice cream cones. He's going to get the 50 cents all the time. It's a choice. It's a decision. So what do you do, my brother? 
What do you do, my sisters? What do you do, pastors? What do you do, pastors' wives? What do you do, teenagers? What do you do, college students? What do you do, singles? What do you do, ladies and gentlemen? You're at a crossroad. You're at a fork in the road. How do you decide what to do? Who do you turn to for such a critical hour in your life? Do you consult with your attorney? Do you consult with a business partner? Do you consult with your mom? Do you consult with your dad? Do you consult with your pastor? Do you consult with a prayer partner? Do you write Ann Landers or Dear Abby? What do you do? Do you check out your horoscopes? Or I hope not, but do you check out your horoscopes? Or do you check with Dr. Oz or Dr. Phil? Or do you check with Oprah Winfrey or Steve Harvey? You have a choice to make. You have a decision to make. What do you do when you don't know, choir, what to do? Well, ladies and gentlemen, let me suggest, let me recommend that you do what Jesus did in our text. When you're faced with choices, when you're faced with dilemmas, when you have a crossroad, when you don't know what to, let me suggest that you do what Jesus did here in our text uh, in Matthew chapter 26. Throughout his life on earth, study Jesus' life throughout his time here on earth, pastor, whenever Jesus had a choice to make, whenever Jesus' musician had a decision to make, Jesus always, check out his life, Jesus always consulted with his father. He always consulted with his dad. He always consulted with, whenever he had a choice to make, whenever Jesus had a decision to make, he always consulted with his father. Never once did he consult with the Pharisees because they were only fair, you see. <laughs> Never once did he consult with the Sadducees because they were only sad, you see. Some of y'all got it, some of y'all got it. Never once did he consult with the Sanhedrin Council. Never once did he consult with the Caiaphas. Never once, when Jesus had a decision to make, did he consult with Pontius Pilate. For that matter, never once did he consult with his disciples, Peter, James, and John. Not once did he ask for their opinion. Not once did he ask them what he should do. Never once did he consult with his earthly mother, Joseph. Never once did he consult with his earthly earthly mother, Mary, or his earthly father, Joseph. Never once, when Jesus had a choice to make, Quiet when Jesus had a decision to make. Musician, when Jesus had a choice in his life, the Bible said, the scripture says, the word of God said, Pastor Kelly, that Jesus always consulted with his father. He always consulted with God. And that's exactly what's happening in Kinsfield tonight in this text. Jesus has a choice to make about his future. He has a choice to make about his this future. He has a choice to make about what decision he should make about his future. Now, of course, Jesus understood that his father sent him here to be the ultimate sacrifice to die on the cross for the sins of mankind. He understood that. He, he realized that when his daddy sent him from heaven, he was sent to be a ransom for mankind. He was sent to give his life for, uh, for those here in this world who needed, a, who needed a savior, who needed to be redeemed. He understood that he was sent here to be the ultimate sacrifice for mankind. However, ladies and gentlemen, once he got here, he saw the heartless, hardness of the people's heart and his human side. Yes, he was divine because he was God's son, but he was also human because he was Mary's baby. Even though the divine side knew what his dad sent him to do, his human nature had second thoughts about dying for people, here it is, that cared nothing for him and cared nothing about his father. Think about that. He's on his way to Calvary, on his way to the cross, but there in the Garden of Gethsemane, 
he starts having second thoughts. He knows he has to make a decision. He knows he has to make a choice. And he knows his dad sent him here to die. But once he got here, Brother Mark, he said, these people are hard-hearted. They're stiff-necked. Why should I die for people who care nothing for me? I care nothing for my father, his ways, his will, and his word. So the Bible says, the scriptures say, so Jesus here in Matthew chapter 26, prays to his heavenly father in the garden of Gethsemane. Matter of fact, his favorite place to pray. Therefore, ladies and gentlemen, there are several things I want you to see. As Jesus makes his choice, as Jesus makes his decision here in the garden of Gethsemane, what do you do? When you don't know what to do. First of all, I want you to notice the sorrow of Jesus. Notice the sorrow of Jesus. Look at verses 36 through 38 here in Matthew chapter 26. The Bible said, the scripture says, then Jesus came with him to a place called Gethsemane and said to the disciples, sit here while I go and pray over there. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and he began, here it is, to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. Then he said to them, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful even to death. Stay here and watch with me. Notice the sorrow of Jesus. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, put yourself in Jesus' place. Why should I die for people who are ungrateful? Why should I give my life for those who are hard-hearted? Why should I give my life for those who don't want to be obedient to the commandments of my Father? This did not make sense to Jesus Christ. Jesus' human side just did not understand why this would be God's will to die for ungrateful, hard-hearted people. So the Bible says in verse 37 that Jesus, Kipsville, is deeply distressed and deeply sorrowful. In verse 38, Jesus says that my soul is is exceedingly sorrowful because he just does not understand why he should give his life for people who are ungrateful and for people who didn't love him or love his father. So therefore to Jesus, this just, just did not make any sense. Well, in like manner, my brothers and my sisters, oftentimes on this Christian journey, oftentimes as you walk this thing called Christianity, there'll be some times in life that you're faced with things that just does not make any sense. Think about it. When a precious baby conceived in love dies in her mother's womb, that does not make any sense. When children, babies are sexually abused, that does not make any sense. When young teenagers lose their lives to drive-by shootings, that does not make any sense. When violence is rampant in our neighborhoods, that does not make any sense. When we pay more for prisons than we do for schools, that does not make any sense. When suicide is the first option for people who feel they can't deal with life. That does not make any sense when so many of our loved ones are still dying of cancer after all the money we've raised, all the hospitals we built, all the research we have, and our loved ones are still dying of cancer. That does not make any sense when the divorce rate is the same among Christian couples as there are with worldly couples. Ladies and gentlemen, that does not make any sense when a pastor and eight members of his congregation 
a shot and kill in church in South Carolina. That does not make any sense. When racism is still alive and well in America, that does not make any sense. When politicians can't put away their personal feelings for the betterment of our nation, that does not make any sense. When preachers don't practice what they preach, that does not make any sense. When choir members don't live the life they sing about in their song, that does not make any sense. When church folk don't live for God after the benediction, that does not make any sense. When so-called faith healers do not go to children's hospitals and heal little babies, but you want they want you to come to an arena or come to this place and pay them money so you can be healed, that does not make any sense. And this one really messed me up. When the New Orleans Saints went 7 and 9 last year, that does not make any sense. Don't make sense. Don't make sense. And when things just don't make sense, when there are things in life you just don't understand, just like Jesus, you and I will be in sorrow. Why God? Why my family? Why my husband? Why my wife? Why my children? Why my church? God, why? 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 And you'll find yourself in sorrow just like Jesus in the text. But then there's a second thing I want you to notice here in the text. Not only notice the sorrow of Jesus, but secondly notice the solitude of Jesus. Notice the solitude of Jesus. Look at verse 40. Then he came to the disciples and found them sleeping and said to Peter, what? Could you not watch with me one hour? Notice the solitude of Jesus. According to verse 37, Jesus took with him his three closest disciples. Pastor Kelly, he here, here, guys, he knew he could depend on. Here, guys, Ken, he knew could have his back. Here, God, Andrew, he knew that would be there for him. He took his three closest disciples, Peter, James, and John. Yet at a time when he needed their support, at a time when he needed their encouragement, at a time when he really needed there to be there for him, the Bible says he found all three of them. Guys, your wife said that's just how you sound. My wife tell me the same thing, but unless you get a tape, I deny it in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs> in essence, Jesus was all by himself. If you guys are not going to stay up, you're not going to watch for Why did I bring y'all anyway? What, what, what sense did it make to ask y'all to come with me for such an important decision, for such an important choice, and when I need you to look out for me, to look out for my enemies, to be aware, to even intercede and stand in the gap, to pray, y'all are sleeping. Jesus felt all along, all by himself. Brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen, there are going to be some times on this Christian journey where you'll find yourself facing situations all by yourself. Don't look now. There are going to be times in your walk with God. There are going to be times on this Christian journey where you're going to find yourself all by yourself. And that's because, not that people don't care, not not that people are not concerned, but sometimes, Pastor Kelly, people don't understand your pain. 
Sometimes they don't understand your convictions. Sometimes people don't understand your vision. Sometimes people don't understand your heart. Sometimes people don't understand your compassion. Sometimes people don't understand your tears. Why are you crying over that? Why are you letting that upset you? Why are you letting that back? Sometimes people just don't understand. Therefore, there will be times in your life where you feel all alone, where you feel all solitude, solitude, where you feel all by yourself. But how many know, my brothers and sisters, that even though you may feel all alone, according to the word, of God. Uh, you are never, you are never, you are never alone. How many know that you may feel alone, but according to the word of God, you are never alone. Isaiah 43 and 2 say, when you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. Hebrews 13 and 5 say, I will never leave you, nor will I ever forsake you. Mama may not be there, but God. Daddy may not be there, but God. Your siblings may not be there, but God. Your sorrows may not be there, but God. Your fat brothers may not be there, but God. Your co-workers may not be there. Your business partners your attorney, your pastor, your church members, people that you think would be there for you. They're not there, but ladies and gentlemen, you may feel alone, but I want you to know tonight, you are never, you are never, you are never, you are never, ever, ever alone. That's where your handkerchief should go about right there. You are never, ever alone. I like the way the songwriter said it, Andrew. I like the songwriter said it, Mark. The songwriter said it this way. I've seen the lightning flash. I've heard the thunder roar. I felt some break of death and trying to conquer my soul. But oh, Kinsville, I heard the voice of Jesus telling me still fight on. Why? Because he promised. Why? Because he promised. Why? Because he promised. Why? Because he promised never to leave us. Never to leave us alone. No! Never alone. He promised never to leave us. Never to leave us alone. What do you do when you don't know what to do? You have a decision to make. You have a choice to make. You're in a crossroad. But you just don't know what to do. Well, ladies and gentlemen, let me suggest that you follow the example of Jesus in our text. Therefore, notice the sorrow of Jesus. He said, my soul is exceedingly sorrow. I just don't know. Should I go through with this? Notice the solitude of Jesus. People that he thought would be there for him. People that he thought had his back. People that he thought would never leave him or forsake him. It's not there. But then there's a third thing I want you to see in the text. Not only the sorrow of Jesus. Not only the solitude of Jesus. But Kensville, look at the submission of Jesus Christ. Look at the submission. The kin of Jesus Christ. Verse 39 and verse 42 says it like this. He went a little farther and fell on his face and prayed and saying, Oh, my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. He's really beloved. He's having second thoughts. Do, do, I, do I really have to do this? Daddy, they don't love you. They don't love me. I'm just 33 years old. Why should I die for people who don't care for you? So he says in verse 39, oh, oh, Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. But I'm so glad, Brother Kelly, the text didn't stop there. I'm so glad his prayer didn't stop there. Look at the next verse. Nevertheless, nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Look at verse 42. And again, a second time, he went away and prayed, saying, Oh, my father, if this cup cannot pass away from me unless I drink it, your will be done. 
Look at the submission of Jesus Christ. Brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen, submission means to let go and let God. Submission means to let go and let God. Submission means to relent. Submission means to relinquish. Submission means to surrender. Not my will, God, but your will be done. And that's what Jesus did, Kempsville, while praying here in the Garden of Gethsemane. He submitted his will to his father's will. He relented his will to his father. Even though he had second thoughts, even though he had doubts, even though he really didn't want it, he submitted his, he relinquished his will to his father. He surrendered his will to his father's will. God, these people are hard-headed, but nevertheless, these people are cold-blooded, but nevertheless, these people have stony hearts, but nevertheless, these people are hypocrites, but nevertheless, these folk are self-righteous, but nevertheless, these folk don't love you, they don't love me, but nevertheless, these folk don't honor your word, but nevertheless, these folk are disobedient every day of their lives, but nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, that's what God wants to hear from every one of us in this sanctuary tonight those on my right, those on my left here in the choir, everybody in here that say you're a believer, everybody in here that say you're born again, that's what God wants to hear from our lips every Sunday, every Wednesday every day of our lives, God not my will, but your will be done, Lord I'm tired I'm tired of messing up, I surrender Lord I'm tired of making mistakes, I surrender, I'm tired of making bad choices, I surrender I'm tired of making bad decisions decision. I surrender. God, from this day forward, from this night forward, I'll do what you want me to do. I'll go where you want me to go. I'll be who you want me to be. I can't speak for nobody in here. I can't speak for pastor. I can't speak for the other brothers or other sisters. Ladies and gentlemen, I can't speak for nobody in here. But all I want to say tonight, I want to say at this Kinsville Baptist Church, that's what I want to be. I want to be a nevertheless believer. I want to be a nevertheless child of God. God, I don't always understand but nevertheless God it don't always make sense uh, but nevertheless God I don't always see it the way you want me to see it but nevertheless uh, I have sometimes have doubts uh, but nevertheless friends may turn their back on me deacons may turn their back on me church members may turn their back on me family members may turn their back on me choir members may turn their back on me the church may not support me in everything I want to do but nevertheless nevertheless I submit my will to your will I submit my way to your way I submit my choice to your choice. I submit my decision to your sender, to your decision. In other words, uh, not my will, God, but your will be done. That's a good time for the handkerchiefs. In other words, I surrender, Andrew. I surrender all from the crown of my head to the sole of my feet. Don't always see it, God. Don't always make sense. Don't always understand why you're asking us to do this. Why you're asking us to make this sacrifice. Why you're asking us to take this step of faith. I don't see it, God. I don't always understand it. But God, not my will. But your will be done. Brother Mark, it sounds like I love it. Like the songwriter said, all to Jesus. I surrender. Not just some. All to Jesus, I surrender. All to him, 
I freely give. All to him I will ever love and trust him. In his presence, Andrew, dearly live. I surrender. I surrender. I surrender all, all to thee, my blessed Savior. I surrender all. Oh, men and women of Kempsville Baptist Church. Brothers and sisters of Kempsville Baptist Church. Ladies and gentlemen of Kempsville Baptist Church. All the guests who are assembled here tonight. What do you do when you don't know what to do? You had a crossroad. You, you had a falcon road. You've got to make, make a decision, but you really don't know what to do. Well, let me suggest you follow the example of Jesus Christ in our text. When Jesus faced the choice, when Jesus faced the decision, he didn't ask his earthly mother Mary, then asked his earthly father Joseph, then asked his disciples for such a critical choice in his life. He consulted with his father. There's one more thing I have to show you, and then we bid you good night. Thank you again, Pastor, for this tremendous privilege of being here once again. Notice sharing the sorrow of Jesus. Notice the solitude of Jesus. Notice, can the submission of Jesus. Then Kempsville finally notice the strength of Jesus. Notice the strength of Jesus. Look at verses 45 and 46. As I come to a close. Then he came to his disciples and said to them, are y'all still sleeping? Yeah, yeah. Can you picture that scene? Come on, guys. Y'all, what time y'all went to bed last night? Are you still sleeping and resting? Behold, look, the hour is at hand and the son of man is being betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, get up, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. Notice the strength of Jesus Christ. Wow, Kinsville, look at the strength of Jesus. Look at the courage of Jesus. Look at the boldness of Jesus. Look at the energy of Jesus Christ. Man, y'all still sleeping? Get up. Y'all still napping? Get up. Y'all still resting? Get up. Sleeping time is over. Napping time is over. Resting time is over. As a matter of fact, praying time is over. Meditation time is over. Conversation time is over. It's now time for action, guys. Get up. It's now time to move. Get up. It's now time for God's will to be done in my life. Get up. Judas, my betrayer, is at hand. Get up. Wild with strength. Wild with courage. Wild with boldness. Wild with energy. And it's all because, ladies and gentlemen, that Jesus had taken the time to talk to his father. It's all because Jesus had went to talk to his father and his father gave him the answer. Jesus took the time to spend with his father. Oh, brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen of the Kentville Baptist Church, learn a lesson from Jesus. When you're in a dilemma, when you're in a predicament, when you're in a situation, if you need to do something and you don't know what to do, well learn a lesson from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and bring it to God in prayer bring it to God in prayer bring it to God in prayer I am a living witness there's no mountain so high there's no valley so low there's no river so wide there's no storm so violent that you cannot 
bring it to God in prayer. Can I say that one more time? I discovered, Pastor Kelly, I discovered, I discovered in my life, in my walk as a believer, as a husband, as a dad, as a pastor, I discovered there's no mountain so high, there's no valley so low, there's no river so wide, there's no storm so violent that you cannot bring it to God in prayer. The songwriter said it best, Brother Mark, Jesus is on the main line. Call him up. And tell him what you want. My grandfather, my grandmother, Pastor Kelly, used to say it like this. Just a little talk. Okay, just a little talk. Just a little talk. Some of y'all know that. Just a little talk with Jesus will make everything all right. And most of us know the chorus of that song. But before we go to that chorus, there's a verse of that song that I, that, that I really, really want to share with you. Um, Mark may know it, Andrew may know it, those in the choir may know it. But the third verse of that song, I just really spoke to my heart as I was preparing this message. It says, the third verse of that song says, I have doubts and fears. My eyes are filled with tears. But, there's that sanctified conjunction. But, Jesus is a friend who watches day and night. I go to him in prayer. He knows my every care. And just a little talk with Jesus makes it. Isn't that good? Can I say that one more time? Verse 3 of that song, I may have doubts and fears. My eyes are filled with tears. But Jesus is a friend who watches day and night. I go to him in prayer. He knows my every care. And just a little talk, just a little talk, just a little talk with Jesus. We're making all right. And then the chorus goes on to say, now let us have a little talk with Jesus. Let us tell him all about our troubles. He will hear our faintest cry and he will answer by and by then you feel the little prayer we're turning and you know that the fire is burning you'll find that a little talk you'll find that a little talk you'll find that a little talk when Jesus makes it all right and the old soldiers in African-American church they were going to say it's all right it's all right it's all right it's all right just a little talk with Jesus makes it all right ladies and gentlemen brothers and sisters husbands and wives young people teenagers college students What do you do when you don't know what to do? Well, let me suggest you do like Jesus did and take it to God in prayer. Now you know what to do when you don't know what to do. God bless y'all. I love y'all. Y'all pray for me. I'll pray for you.